This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to another edition of that Mill podcast. Um, today's show, at the moment, working title is uh, Mickey Ben and Newbie Dan. Um, so, without further ado, we will welcome a regular host or regular guest, regular takeover, regular all-rounder, uh, Benjamin. How you doing, fella? Ben, sorry. Okay. All good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not I was going to say, bad, Benjamin, I only, I only get when I'm in trouble, so better not coming no, that's it, that, that's I'm it. not in trouble yet. No, no, you're all right. You're all good. You're all good. And um, and newbie Dan, uh, second time on the show. First time was thrown in at the deep end on a live one. Uh, this one, obviously, is a pre-record, but welcome to the show, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Um, very excited to be here, as I am for the end of the season. No, that's it. That's it. That's it. So, what you got to look forward to today, then, you lucky, lucky listeners? Um, we're going to talk about Blackpool, uh, get the boys' reaction to Blackpool, and then we're going to look at the championship and uh, League One teams coming up, and then we're going to finish on a preview of Blackpool or Blackburn, even uh, at home on Bank Holiday Monday. Um, loads of talk in between. So, without further ado, we'll catch you straight after this. So then, uh, I'm going to come to you, Dan, first, just to, as you're the newbie, and just uh, introduce you in uh, better, I suppose. And, and I'll sit backwards because my lights aren't picking me up if I sit forward and I, I look all sinister. Um, so, views on the the chaotic game that was Blackpool away. Well, I was very confused when I saw the lineup at first. I was like, oh, God, it's, this is a backward step. You know, with credit due to Rowick, because I think he did have to change something. Um, I didn't expect to see Leonard on there. I'd seen he was likely to be injured. But I think in a back three, he is a superb, superb player. I think he's a lot better in a three at the back than he is in a two in midfield, especially in that two in midfield with Saville. Um, what more, probably his best game for us as well. Um, so fair play to Gary Rowett. It was a very, made a lot of big calls for that game. Um, and on the whole, yeah. they came off. Yeah, I think the, I think the official uh, playing style was a 5-2-3-1, wasn't it, Ben? I think. Um, so back three with two wing backs. Um, and then obviously Watmore playing um, on the left, wasn't he? He's playing on, yeah. on the left, yeah. Um, on the left back, wasn't he? Yeah. Is he left back? He was, wasn't he? He's playing more. No, Styles was more the left wing back. Left back. Watmore was yeah. more on the left attacking kind of role. Yeah. But it worked. Um, and it, it it gave us an entertaining game to a degree, didn't it? So um, so yeah. So your views on that, Ben, and then we'll um, we'll come on and talk about the game as a as a whole. But your views on the game? Yeah, I mean the, the formation was an interesting one. I'd said in our preview that I didn't think Rowett would change it. I just thought he'd go with tried and tested. I was 
surprised, probably like Dan or like all of us, that the amount of change that he did make, and certainly with the formation changes and playing personnel where he did. But ultimately, when probably looking at it, it's probably almost tacking formation, and given the fact that we had to win the game, it sorry, almost tacking team within that formation, I should say. Um, it it just worked really well. I, I was. Yeah, I was super impressed with everyone. I don't think it was a bad, bad, bad play on the pitch. I know it was a, a bit of a weird game in terms of going front, begging us back, etc. But yeah, I mean, we, we got the job done, didn't we? But yeah, it, it was nice to see Rat make those ballsy changes and it, it certainly paid off. I think the biggest thing, I'm sure we'll come on to it, is um, a bit of a headache now for, for Monday. Yeah, because do you want to play like that at home? That's the, uh, that's the hard yeah. one. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that formation again, given how well it worked going forward. We looked as dangerous as we have done in recent weeks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be against it. I think the key is how we transition in and out of the ball. When we, when we were getting forward, I think certainly when we played against Wigan, Brad has looked isolated at times. Um, we didn't look like that against Blackpool. Fleming was obviously getting forward to support him. Watmore was as well. Shackleton was doing his bit down the wing. And, and I think Styles is obviously quite naturally um, attacking. So we we always looked like we had a decent amount of bodies in the final third. So having scored t- three goals, I wouldn't change it too much now. I, I'd probably keep it. Um, we've, we've probably got the luxury that we can change it in game now. Um, and knowing that something else is is working. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Rowett does, but I personally, I wouldn't change it. No, and I think Styles, Styles fitted into that role really well where he played on, on Friday. And also, that's isn't that his natural position for when he plays for Hungary, though, isn't it? Yeah, again, I think we'd spoken with Stephen about that. I wasn't sure where he played for Barnsley, but I think he's certainly played in that sort of left wing-back position for them. Mm. And as you say, for, for for Hungary. So, yeah, I think that is his best position. And again, it's something we'd spoken about in, in a previous show. We, we need someone there in that attacking full-back or attacking wing-back role down the left. So I certainly think he fits that for next year if we want to keep him. But yeah, I like Styles. Um, just unfortunately, he's been injured for such a long period. But he come back in and he looked he looked strong. In fact, Leonard come back in and looked as if he was a man on a mission. He um you wouldn't have thought he's been out injured for so long, would you? No, not at all. And again, I think like what Dan said, I think I really like him in that that back three. Certainly when we get one of them to push into that midfield role, which we did quite a bit against Blackpool, and he, he seems to do that sort of hybrid defensive midfield, centre-back role really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Leonard's, Leonard, right? We know what we're going to get with him. Again, just another one who's unfortunate. He's been out for such periods of time throughout the season and we haven't had him fit for long for long enough, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just you know what you're getting with Leno. Um, yeah, I think, again, we'll probably come on to it later, but I think I know his contract's out in the summer. If I, if I was the club, I'd certainly be be making sure he gets another year or two, I suppose, depending where we end up, hopefully. Yeah, no, I agree on that. I mean, Dan, what's your views on on some of the players we've mentioned already or, or other key players you think were stand out from the Blackpool game? Because to be fair to you, I think the Blackpool game is all a, is all a blur now. Um with all the excitement of not believing that we went there and win, um, the fact that all the other teams around us fucked up again and everything was just played for us. It, it, it feels so long ago since we played Blackpool, even though really it's only, what, less than four days ago. Yeah, it's all been a whirlwind since that. Um uh, I mean, my personal man of the match was Watmore. I thought that was the best game he'd had for us in a country uh, by a country mile interesting um he ca- it was from the start rather than from the subs bench um and what was interesting as well was at times he was playing not just as that kind of left-hand side of the attacker he was up, up top more um and at times you saw Fleming tuck in so it gave us actually a bit of versatility on the ball at, at times it would be kind of a, a three-pronged attack at times it would be two with Fleming dropping deep trying to pick up them pockets for space which I think that hybrid system complemented us very well 
Um, I really, really like Styles. I was, I, w- I would have liked to have seen him maybe start when we were playing four-two-three-one. Would have liked him maybe at left back. To be completely honest, I think that would have given us a lot of attacking intent down that left-hand side to have Styles as your left back and then someone like uh, Bury or 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 what more even playing um in that four two three one. So yeah, I do think Gary Rout has a decision to make. If I was him, I'd probably wouldn't want to change too much, like Ben said. Um but you know if you actually look at the options we had on the bench as well at Blackpool, um it was a very kind of attack minded bench. So if things aren't going our way, then we do have the players on that bench that we could chuck on who might be able to come on and get us a goal if we do need a goal. No, I totally agree. And I mean, we posted, the pod posted out, you know, this is either, when when the team come out, we posted, you know, this is either going to be a masterclass or a master fuck-up. Um, and, you know, we put our hands up and say, you know what, pretty much it was a masterclass. He, he knew what he wanted to do and the players stuck to the plan and he done what he done, even when he brought, what did he bring on? Bennett, Bury and Burke on. I mean, through the rest of the season, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have brought them on to go full out attack. He would have, you know, parked up and gone for the point rather than a win. But he just went for that win, and and hopefully, the Blackpool game or the Blackburn game, even um, he will do the same and, and go all out attack uh, and just try to overpower him and get that early goal and then just keep trying. Uh, plus, it's on Sky. And hopefully the Bradders will score a, a quick hat-trick and maybe Fleming will get one in too. It'll be great, wouldn't it? Just to absolutely spank Blackburn um, over Snowgate and everything else just to get that little bit more revenge. Yeah, we definitely need to come out the blocks flying like we did against Blackpool. You know, hopefully it's going to be a, a proper horrible, proper Millwall crowd in there uh, come Monday. So we need to make it horrible. We need to get behind the players. So the players need to start quickly give us something to get off our seats about early doesn't even necessarily have to be a goal just needs to be a big tackle or something like that get us going early because we'll be there so as long as the players turn up like they did at Blackpool there's no reason why we can't do it no I, I totally agree I mean Ben what's your your thoughts in there I mean I just hope that the crowd is a I hope the crowd is a Millwall crowd and not a a tourist sightseeing crowd. I'm not going to go in to the same level as another podcast did. Um, they were talking about it going, you know, like um, they were using terminology, what I would never use, you know, calling people nonces and, you know, all of this sort of stuff. I do think that you will get a lot of neutral fans there because it is going to be a, a make or break game. Um you know, like they, they were talking about Nazi camera filming people and all this sort of shit and all that. And you're thinking, you know, you're 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 talking on a podcast, so you're calling these people nonces and and okay, you might not video, but you you talk on a podcast, so you're pretty much calling yourself it. But to me, I you know, I that word in a grass gets people proper hurt. <laughs> And uh, I wouldn't necessarily associate that word with someone who wants to take pictures and put them on YouTube or save them. And, you know, unfortunately, it's a younger generation of today. Um, you know, videoing at football, if you're videoing the, the, the playing field as such, I haven't got an issue. That's up to you. If you're videoing people kicking off and shit like that, that gets people prison term. I've got a big problem with you doing that because um, you're just posting shit like that for likes and other companies will pick it up and run with it. And that's how, you know, people have gone to prison over time because you're doing the police's work by providing them with evidence. But if you're just videoing the free kicks and the penalties and goals and shit like that, I ain't got a problem with that. And it's, you know, there's lots of people who support Millwall around the world who, who crave that that information, crave that bit of footage, um, you know, because watching it on TV doesn't necessarily give you the same give you the, the same vibe as it does if it's filmed in the middle of the crowd and all of a sudden all the limbs are going mad around you. So I understand why people do it. Um, but I do think we need to have a proper Millwall crowd there rather than, you know, 10,000 proper Millwall and maybe 10,000 tourists. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just going on what, what Dan said, I think, man, I think one of the big 
differences that we've had in recent weeks. Birmingham, we started really slow. Wigan, we started really slowly. Blackpool, obviously, we didn't. Um, I think that's just really, really important for us. I think if we get on the front foot early, or as Dan said, even just a big tackle, get the crowd into it early, it's going to make all the difference. Um, if we go back to the Neil Harris night, and he said he, he spoke about the Huddersfield atmosphere, if we could replicate it or make it anything like that, I think that's what we need to do, right? We need to make it a horrible day for them. As it stands, we don't need to win the game. So we just make, if we, it, we need to make it as horrible as possible. We, them, we, right? we need to win it really to make sure that no one well, else can slip in there because, you know, if we draw it then and Sunderland wins, then they're above us on goal difference unless we, you know, we score, you know, quite a few. But I, I, I think really we need to go out and win. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we do. But just in a sense of as long as we make it nasty for them, I don't see them picking up the points. The pressure's all on them, right? Um, and I'm hoping that's the way we're viewing it and the players are viewing it. If the, if the crowd yeah. are anything like what it should be, then it's going to be tough for them. But hopefully we get that crowd and not the crowd that, that we've probably had in recent games where it has been a sellout. Yeah, I mean, the crowd's a funny thing. I mean, people jump on my back and say, you know, like, yeah, but it's good for the club and all that. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, it's good financially for the club, but is it good for the team? That, there's a question for you. Are the tourists... Good for the club and good for the team, or not so good for the club, or not so good for the team, but good for the club. Well, it's definitely the latter, isn't it? It's definitely the latter because I think everyone always says on Twitter you'd always take your, your 10, 11, 12,000 hardcore over your, your packed out. Then, certainly this season, it's probably been more noticeable. I don't really know why, but certainly in all of our sellouts this year, it's just been different. Um, I think of years gone by, if there was a sellout against Leeds or someone like that in recent years, it used to be really, really intimidating and it was a really lively atmosphere. We haven't had that at all for, for, for a while, I would say. Um, so, yeah, as long as it's... I'd probably it's, say it's, the FA Cup games. Yeah, I'm sorry, I meant more like the league games, really. I mean, I can't really remember ones that I can't. Makes, makes the hair on the back of your neck sort of stand up in a league game atmosphere I no, can't I mean, remember one at home a few no not home a few away games definitely but home I, I yeah I don't think probably the first game back after Covid maybe um, but other than that no I would say probably the FA Cup or, or you know that sort of atmosphere where there was hatred in the crowd you know real real venom in the crowd but It'd be nice no. to get that back. But in answer to your question, mate, yeah, I think that it's obviously great for the club. It gets some money in. Um, does it help the team? Probably not. We'll see on Monday, I guess. <laughs> no, let's see. I mean, what's your views on that then, Dan? It's um, interesting that you actually mentioned that you think the best home atmosphere recently in the last few years post-pandemic was that first game back because I actually missed that game I had COVID after QPR <laughs> and I know quite a few other people that actually went to QPR came down with it and we all missed it for various reasons so I was going to say for me personally the best atmosphere at a home game I can remember this season for me probably would have been the Sheffield United game I thought that was yeah. probably the best atmosphere you know that they, they always come down in decent numbers and they did and you know we we was up for it um it wasn't a sellout it was a decent crowd but it wasn't a sellout but it just felt like a proper like mill atmosphere we got we had a quick start really got the crowd going and we got we got involved at the right times and you know we we got that late winner you know if we was if that was a game we was playing away that very easily could have gone against us so um and looking at it from a wider point of view do i think um yeah obviously you know tourists coming to the club is great we we, as you re referenced last time I was on, Mickey, we're not really a shirts kind of club. We're not a colours kind of club. The tourists do tend to buy into that a little bit more, which is beneficial for the club. But what yeah. the club do also want to be a bit careful of is that if we do end up going back down to League One in a few years, which isn't past us because, you know, we do end up doing kind of five, six years one level and then drop or go up usually between the league one and the championship we won't be getting all of a sudden the numbers we'll probably we'd probably be getting if we was in the championships so the club needs to be careful not to alienate the core fan base for tourists so that's a good point i agree with you there because there are quite a few of the, i mean 
you see the chat now on on socials after the games where people are going, there weren't an English voice around me. You know, where I sit in the stadium, you know, East Block, West, you know, wherever, wherever, you, you find that there are more and more now going, oh, I had a bunch of Italians wrapped around me or, a, you know, a bunch from Holland or a bunch from Germany. We had those Italian ones over, I can't think when it was now, I can't think what game it was, but they were all, I think they were Italian, um, standing over on East, on, um, on East Stand, jumping up and down, you know, proper European um ultra behavior um very crystal palace-esque uh jumping up and down and waving scarves around and all that and uh, i don't think i don't think we'd ever go down that route fully because i don't think we are like that but i do think that we are um not i don't think sanitized but diluted is probably a better word for it uh because i don't think we'll ever get sanitized fully um, but I do think we are slowly getting diluted. And we know that the club are obviously heavily targeting overseas fans um, because it's a it's a bigger spend per head, and I can totally understand that. But where do you draw the line? That's That, that would be my concern, is where do you draw the line from having too many um, overseas fans and not enough local fans? But again, I understand that it, it's probably a lot harder to attract local fans or you know new new fan base from local fans um than it is probably from overseas fans because i'd probably suggest that the traditional or the old style traditional reputation of millwall probably doesn't necessarily um appeal to local fans or local community fans as it probably does to Eastern or not Eastern, but European fans. So you're German, you're Dutch, you're Italian, you're French. That probably appeals more to them. Our old style, you know, working class reputation probably appeals much, much stronger to them than it does to, you know, um, a, a Southeast London community. You know, a, a Dulwich or a Peckham lovey probably um, wouldn't appeal to them. Yeah, I th- I'd say that's a fair statement. A lot of them, you know, I I, I don't speak to many of them when they're at games. Um, you, you hear the voices. But a lot of people, when I go on holiday um, and I say, oh, you know, I support Millwall, the first thing when they say Millwall, they go, oh, Green Street or Football Factory. So that's where I think we're known from. And as well, now you look at, you know, I think this season I've seen actually quite a few uh, Union Berlin tops down the den uh, coming to see, yeah. obviously, Andreas Vogel, Summer. A few Dutch people as well, obviously, come to see Zian. So there's a few more benefits as well from recruiting overseas, um, which is something the club's done a little bit more recently. Yeah, um, which is new because we've never we've never recruited overseas. It's only been over the last year or maybe two that we started to look into Europe. But for for a long time... Um, probably since the Russians, they uh, they never really looked at overseas players as such. Uh, I know you've got Kale and you've got some others, but you know realistically they never really scouted in Europe. Um, which I think we, you know, potentially we were missing out on. I mean, when we first started doing the pod a couple of years ago, it was something where we spoke about then that you know we should be looking overseas because unfortunately the UK market for players is just being outpriced. Yeah, if you wanted, think, yeah. if you if you wanted an English player like Fleming, it would have cost you probably best part of ten million. Yeah, I think Come. you see that as well when you when you see players. Even Fleming's a great example of it. You know, if we was to sell him in the summer, say as if he did, we don't go up. He gets a Premier League move. How much are we looking at just because he's played in England and he's not even English? No, that's it. That's it. Go on, Ben. No, I was just going to say just on a couple of points there that. Well, firstly, I think naturally we're going to find that. And Dan kind of touched upon it. Now that we are going to the foreign market, certainly if we get a marquee signing like Fleming, you're naturally just going to get more Dutch players coming down. I don't know what the Germans are doing watching Vogue, to be fair, but it's a bit different with uh, with Zian. Um, and then I think, look, just again, what, what Dan mentioned, that just English players with that, that, that kind of English tax over their heads. You look, I think I saw earlier that Middlesbrough want to sign, is it Archer from Aston Villa? But Villa have slapped a £20 million price tag on him. 
I mean, that's just nuts, isn't it? You just you got no charge. You can't compete with that. So, I think naturally, we're probably just going to see more and more foreign imports into the den because we're probably going to have to. Because as you said, Mickey, just for the the price and how much it's going to cost to get those better technical players in compared to if we're looking at English players. So, yeah, I think it's someone we're probably going to need to get used to. If we can pull out another Fleming or two, I think we'll all be happy. No, that's it, that's it. Question for you both, and whoever wants to come in first, um, come in with it. If you were to pick, obviously we were talking off air, um, probably one game is has pretty much cost us. Um, I would probably suggest Wigan, maybe. But, I mean, is there a game that comes straight to you, what you think, that's the game that cost us? If we had won that, we would be in the playoffs right now. I think it's hard to get away from our recent form, right? Just because naturally it's, it's sticking out and given the other teams have slipped up at the same time. But I think... If you look at one game for me, it would probably be Hull purely, well, Hull and Birmingham really, purely because when we played them, neither side had anything to play for. Wigan, you could look at and you could always go and argue they had to win their cup yeah. final. If they if they didn't come out like they did, then they would have gone out of a damp squid. But the whole game and the Birmingham game in particular, I just think neither of those sides had anything to play for. We should have gone out there and been really aggressive from, from the start and we, we weren't in either game. So for me, they were ones that I'll look back on and go, we had a real opportunity there at that time when we played those sides that, as I say, neither of them had anything to play for, probably should have beat them in both games or definitely should have beat them in both games given the amount of chances we created, etc. So I think, yeah, in our most recent games, I'd say those two. And I mean, also on there, I mean, what, we're on 68 now. So, I mean, if you if we had to put another six on there, we, we could have, you know, we could have definitely been pretty much, you know, towards third um, if we'd have got those. And, you know, if we'd have got... Nice to see Man City getting, Man City beating West Ham. Nice. Uh, it's what you like to see. You just need the teams below West Ham to win now as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, it was in our hands from a long time and I think we've been very, very lucky. Um, but yeah, I mean, what games do you think? You agree with Ben, Dan, or I was just actually looking at our fixtures from a little bit further back in the season. The two that have kind of jumped out to me, firstly, was the whole home game where we drew nil nil, and they had a player sent off in about the thirty fifth minute. So we we played with added time, best part of an hour against ten men. We couldn't score a goal. You know, I, I'd I'd love to be surprised, but as a Millwall fan, it's just kind of what I've came to expect. And again, I'd go back even further to the in August, Reading at home for me when we lost 1-0. I think Reading were probably the worst team I've seen down the den this season. They've somehow left with all three points. So I think they're probably the two games aside from probably the, the Huddersfield, Hull and Wigan recently. If I was to look back a bit further than the recent would, run of form. I would probably suggest the Swansea game as well. If we have actually scored there rather than letting them score our two goals for the draw, if we could have got a win there, then again, you know. But then again, we're, we're doing here, so I mean, there's five games, pretty much. We've we've mentioned five games that if we'd have won, we would have been an automatic playoff. Yeah. And... But then if we'd have won, then we could have been in automatic playoffs. But then again, all the teams around us might have played well and we wouldn't necessarily be where we are. I think I think it's in the lap of the gods this year, though. I think we've been yeah. very, very lucky. I think as well, though, if you look at a common denominator between most of them teams on paper, the games that we've just mentioned, the only one I'd possibly exclude is that recent whole away game because they, they still aren't great, but they have got better at home, um, a lot more under a senior. I think they've actually only conceded two in two of their last nine home games. Um, so they're not actually a terrible team at home. Um, still think we should have got at least something out of that game, though. But what do the rest of the games have in common other than that? That they were all pretty, pretty poor sides. Came to us, played a low block, and in Reading's case, got a set piece goal. Um, and then the rest of them, you know, just really 
Blackpool, we always seem to lack ideas. And that was my fear going into Friday's game that Blackpool were going to kind of try and come out and do that and then try and get their confidence up and get a goal. Um, but, they looked confused, know. didn't they? Blackpool yeah. looked confused for the first 15, 20 minutes. They looked as if they couldn't understand what was, what what formation we were actually playing. Yeah, I th- well, we, we was confused as fans. So, like, you know, they've probably done a lot of prep into the four into the four two three one. probably putting two of their players on Zian, like most of the teams do, probably putting both their centre-backs on Bradshaw, you know, so that they've probably done that. And then all of a sudden you've got Watmore springing up into the middle out of nowhere. And then you've got Fleming drifting out onto the wide right. And yeah, so they did look very confused really up until, you know, we kind of do that thing usually where if we start off strong, well, then we usually fade off after about 25 minutes and sort of give our opposition a chance to come back into it. Which they did. And, you know, it would have been, it would have been absolute gutting, wouldn't it, if we had gone out on their second goal? Yeah. On a, you um, know, missed out on the playoff positions on a, a 40 yard screamer. It would have been an absolute fucking humdinger that would have been, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, on the championship, both, gone. I mean, I was going to say on both of them, really, because I think the penalty was 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 unlucky on Shackleton. I don't. I think it was a penalty, but it's soft, right? I and think he got the ball. Yeah. I, if I, you I, watch the slow motion, he got the ball. I thought it's, that it's when I saw it in real time. When I saw it real time, I thought he got away with it. I saw the replay, and I was like, eh, it it probably is. As I say, it's one of those ones. If you're a Millwall fan, we're all going, oh, it's soft. But if you're a Blackpool fan, you're screaming for it and it's probably nailed on, right? So, but yeah, both of them really, I thought it's one, it was one of those games that they've scored a penalty and scored a 30 yarder. So another day we'd have won that, what could have won it 3 0. So it was a really good performance, I thought. No, that's it. And I mean, going into Monday is definitely in our hands. I mean, as long as we win, then it doesn't really matter on other results. Um, but we've got to obviously watch out for Sunderland. If we don't win and we draw, at least draw or win we need. But we've got to really draw a, what, three, three all, four all, really. Well, it don't really matter drawing those sort of numbers. We're still going to be goal, goal difference down anyway. So Sunderland will beat us if, if we, you know, if we don't win um, and draw or yeah, draw gets us on 69 points and Sunderland win, then they beat us on goal difference. Unless... Yeah, which will be the ultimate kick in the nuts if we go mm. out on goal difference. And then we really will be looking at one of those games that we just mentioned and going, if we've just picked up a point. <laughs> it's true though. I mean, you you think some of those where we lost, you know, we if we'd have just picked up a point, even a point would have put us into the playoff positions now. Even if, if two of those losses were actually two draws, not even a win, we'd be there now. And we'd be having this show moaning about, you know, ticket prices at Wembley, uh, which we'll come on to a bit in a in a bit. But um looking at looking at obviously I think the championship to a degree is is pretty much there or thereabouts. It's sorted, isn't it? Really we know how that's going. It's in our own hands and we don't need to worry about Sunderland or or anyone else, really, it's down to us to perform. But League One, so if... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If we don't go up and we stay in the championship for another season, we're going to have a trip to Plymouth on the books and a trip to Ipswich on the books. And then it's going to be between Sheffield, Wednesday, Barnsley, Bolton, Derby, or potentially Peterborough in replace of one of those four. Um, 
out of those five teams I mentioned there, which would you prefer to come up? It's a tough one, that, Mickey. I think I think Joe mentioned it again on one of our preview shows. We look at next year and the teams that are coming up. Ipswich are going to probably have a bigger budget than us. Then if one of Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, I'd probably argue, have a bigger budget than us next year if they, one of those two come up. But, I mean, if I'm looking at that purely for selfishness and where I am in the world, I'd say Bolton because it's only around the corner for me. So at least I get another local Northern game in. Um, they're, they're all going to be decent games to get to next year. Ipswich is always a fun one. Plymouth's always exciting. Um, I like Sheffield Wednesday. I've always a little bit, not of a soft spot for them, but they're a big club. I like I, I like seeing them sorts of clubs do well. They sell out nearly every week, don't they, Hillsborough? So if they come back up, I wouldn't, be, wouldn't uh, begrudge them. Um, yeah, they're like getting about 27... 27, 26, 27, 28,000 every week. It's in third tier English football's great, right? So, yeah, I wouldn't mind them coming up. Barnsley, yeah, they're all much of a much. So I've been saying off air, the only one I don't really like is Derby, just because I feel like they've cheated us all those years since they finished above us in, in the league. So, I'm not really asked about them. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be some big games next year to look forward to. And Derby, I remember the Derby radio car getting tipped over. So, um, yeah. That, that's that's a, a, a memory there. Looking at the Premiership as it stands right now, talking about the Championship potentially for next season, currently in the bottom three is Southampton, Nottingham Forest and Everton. Now, they are going to be, again, teams with huge budgets in the Championship. The Championship next season, again, is going to be very, very hard because you've got Norwich still there. You've got some other big clubs still in and around with money. Middlesbrough, Sunderland, and with them. So you're talking some, you know, it's either going to be absolutely crazy again next year or it's just going to be all over first half of the season. Yeah, I, I again, I think we've touched upon it, but this is our best chance. I can't see it being as level as it is next year. As you said, Mickey, the teams that are still in the league, they can't be as bad as they have been this year. I'd look at, yeah, you look at it now, Norwich are currently in 12th, Watford in 13th. They're not going to be anywhere near as bad as that next year. As you said, the sides that are come down, that are going to come down, whoever they are, are going to have bigger budgets than us and just naturally be, be better than us anyway, I'd argue, because they're all long-standing Premier League sides. They're not a yo-yo team that are going to be coming down. Um, and then obviously, never gone down, have they? Exactly. So, I mean, they would be interesting to see because they're in financial fair play trouble as it stands in the Premier League, right? So is it Does it differ when they come down into the EFL? That'd be interesting to find out. But look, I, I don't think it's going to be as level as it is this year. Um, and I would be surprised next year if we are knocking on the door of the playoffs. That's just my opinion. So hopefully I mean, we aren't knocking on the door and we're already up. I mean, realistically, from what from West Ham down, realistically, one of the bottom, you know, the bottom. Four, I think pretty much Southampton's probably a done deal unless they win their next four games. And I think they've got some hard games, but you know, hopefully they do and they can fill the relegation spot with you know Everton, Leeds, and West Ham. That would be. That would be the dream for us. And it'll be the dream for us to go up as they all come down. Because then, you know, even if we come down next season, I, I think they're probably, they'll go down again, maybe one or two of them. But I don't know. Hopefully they do. Everything just keeps sinking. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some strong teams there. West Ham, Leicester, Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Everton, Southampton. They're all fairly strong you know, financial teams, what, you know, I know people go, well, you know, they are all in a bit of trouble, this, that and the other, but once they go into the championship, they haven't got all that, you know, all all that pressure from the Prem. They can just start, you know, looking at, you know, most of their players are on 40, 50, 60 grand a week anyway. And with the parachute payments compared to our players, um, you know, they they are going to give the championship teams a spanking, really. I mean, they're pure class players there, aren't they? Yeah, I think for, you know, the, uh, you know, you can look at the Premier League and say, you know, it's quite clear that the 
the gulf is getting bigger between you know the the big teams and the rest. I mean, I mean, look at Chelsea even for you know if 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 this was you know five games ago in the league, you'd almost probably be saying Chelsea could be in a serious bit of bother if the ga- if the se- if the I mean, season has. I mean, not being funny, but if Chelsea don't win another game, and those think... and and Nottingham Forest win their games, there is a chance that yeah. Southampton that, that Chelsea could. I mean, I think it's a slim chance, but there is a chance that Chelsea could. And, and you think about Chelsea; they're twelfth in the champ, they're twelfth in the Premiership, and they spent six hundred million pounds in this transfer in this season. That's fucking mental. They're going to have a huge black hole to fill next season as well, because they're going they're going to have no European football, which will be a lot of money lost for them. And I was reading, it was quite interesting actually. So say as if Lukaku comes back from his loan in the summer and they sell him for 50 million quid, that still goes down as a 50 million pound loss on um, financial fair play. So the only way they can actually offset that big black hole they've got is by selling academy graduates to actually, because they've paid nothing to bring academy players in. So that's the main way they're going to be able to try and make up that money. And if they want to spend any more, then that's how they're going to have to make up that money. So, they've you know, got but, madness there though, haven't they? They've yeah. got rid of everybody, including groundsman, groundsman and his son and, and, and you know, Bowley, whatever his name is, he's just gone in there and got rid of every fucker in the world. I think he's gone in there and almost tried too hard to try and make a, a first good impression. You know, I mean, it was always going to be a hard job to follow on from the incredibly high standards that Roman Abramovich had brought to the club, um, you know, and I think he's gone in and almost tried too hard and gone, you know, I, I, done this in a different sport I think I can do it again here and you know it's, it's all gone tits up really so be interesting but the last time Chelsea had a season where they actually didn't end up getting into the Champions League where they finished 10th they went and won the league the next season so who knows I don't think they'll do that again but you know they'll certainly do a lot better but it's interesting that they you know people haven't completely ruled them out of the relegation conversation you know, especially if you look at their running as well. I think they've got Bournemouth and Forest, and I think they have to play um, City again. I think they've got Newcastle. I think they've got United as well still to play. Yeah, I think they've got United, um, United, Newcastle, Man City, and Forest. I think, yeah. And Bournemouth, I think this weekend. Yeah, could be wrong on that one, but yeah, no. So you know, but you know, let's see what Agent Allardyce can pull off at, up at Leeds now. There's a lot of games to be played, though, isn't there? Because Brighton's still got three games in hand. Yeah, from FA Cup and stuff. Yeah, and Man City's still got a game in hand, haven't they? Or are they playing that tonight? Is that, no. This is one of their games in hand, but they'll still yeah. have another. I think, that, yeah, mm. they'll still have another one, which they play. I think they broke their game in hand against Brighton, so. I mean, Newcastle's got... Two games in hand as well. So, I mean, the Premiership's open this season as well, though. I mean, you wouldn't have thought the top four would have been what's in there now, would you? You wouldn't have thought Arsenal's keep jumping piggyback with Man City, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, yeah. Um, Right. Let's go on to Blackburn away. Blackburn away. Blackburn at home on Bank Holiday Monday. Um... Ben, we'll start with you. What's your thoughts on uh, on Blackburn coming to the den? Yeah, I mean, I've watched them in their last couple of games. So they've been on, obviously, telly. I mean, the Preston, Preston game, they probably should have won. They had a late chance. I think it was Sam Gallagher, I think, had the one-on-one and he tried to do the, the stupid dink. But they haven't won in their last nine games, albeit they've played a lot of teams in and around the playoffs or in the playoff picture. Um, look, I think we haven't really got to worry about them too much. It's what Millwall turns up. If the same Millwall turns up Friday night, then I think we'll win. If the Millwall that turns up anything like the Wigan Millwall, then I think we'll get beat. So it's really over to us. I think as we've already touched upon, it'll be really interesting to see what Rowett does with the team selection now. Um, I'd certainly be leaning towards keeping it the same formation, the same starting lineup. I don't think you can change a winning side and a side that was arguably as dominant as we were outside of a penalty and a 30-yard goal. So, yeah, look, it's obviously going to be a tough game, but 
I do think we'll win Monday. <laughs> he says. What's your prediction? 2-1. Going to give us the scorers or are you just going to give that as a as a? Do you know what, mate? I, I actually, I don't care. I don't care who scores. George Long can score too if he really wants to. Um, look, uh, Bradders loves it on TV, doesn't he? So we go with Bradders and I think Watmore might score. He, as he had a couple of decent chances the other night, didn't he? If, if he starts again. Um, so I'm going to get him to get on the team sheet and finish the season with two decent performances because he certainly needed them, I think. And uh, so then, Dan, your views on uh, on Blackpool at Blackburn at home? I've said it for the last two games. I'm going to say it again. I don't think it'll be a draw just because... Well, for the last two games, both teams needed to win for different reasons. For this game, both teams actually kind of need to win for the same reason. The last thing we want to do is draw and then it gets taken out of our hands. Um, I will say I do think some, uh, Sunderland and West Brom do have some... Uh, they do have fairly tough fixtures away at Preston and Swansea. Um, so, you know, but we don't want to be relying on other teams to do favours for us. Um, so I do think... Uh, one of these teams will win it. And I think it will be a late goal that wins it. So I'd, I'd like to go with a, a 2-1 as well um, to us because I, I want to be I want to be confident that we are going to be uh, in them playoffs come the end of the season. So, yeah, 2-1. Uh, I'm going to go for a Bradshaw hat-trick. I don't know, something about it is saying that we're just going to go rampant. I just think the players are coming back and I can see us going rampant. But I think I'm probably being far far too optimistic but i do i could see us you know uh maybe i'll go a bit bit mental maybe i'm gonna go i'm gonna go five one well wait to I'm be fair go, we're you i hope you're right mate i'm there's gonna go bradshaw three what more and fleming there's usually one game a season where we do kind of you know turn over a team when we turned over barnsley four one at home last season we haven't I mean, we scored four away at Preston, but we still made it difficult for ourselves. I wouldn't exactly say we turned them over, so why not? Yeah, that that will be minus five one. Um, yeah, that's that will be mine. But on other news, to a degree, FA Cup tickets, a hundred what? They're they're what about hundred and fifteen quid, hundred ninety eight quid upwards, isn't they? Hundred and fifteen quid with all the fees and all that. How much do you honestly believe these playoff tickets are going to cost? Around that, they won't. I don't think there'll be too much difference, especially if it's let, let's say it's us and Coventry, two teams that haven't, or us and Luton, that you know teams that haven't been there for a while. Middlesbrough have not recently been there, but more recently than the other teams that have been in the playoffs. So you know they're, they're going to want to make every every kind of bit of money they can out of that game. But it's ninety minutes of football. So my question to you is, is it worth 115 quid? Listen, I understand playoff. Yes, of course, it's worth it, as in memories and everything else to us. But a family of four, that's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, especially in the the living in, you know, the way we're living at the minute as well, the world as it is, you know, and the, that's before you even put anything else into the equation you shove a couple of train tickets or if you drive you've got to put parking on there you know and then by the time you get food and drink you know this a you're probably looking at the best part of, for a family of four you know this, the kids tickets might be a bit cheaper but still you're probably looking at almost 500 pounds for for what is effectively 90 minutes of football but you know it's, it's like what you just said mickey is is 90 minutes of football worth that much money if we're being completely honest to sit in the normal seats no, probably not. But would I pay it if we're there? Fucking yeah, I would. Oh, 100%. 100%. But it's one of those, it's probably an opportunity that you're, you know, we might never get again to get to the Premiership. Um, but I do think that, unfortunately, the FA and, and people like that do seem to milk the fuck out of football fans recently. Um, they criminalise us for criminalising us for just for the sake of it. And yet then they fucking rip us off with, you know, eight pound a pint and fucking, you know, six quid for a slice of pizza or popcorn and, uh, and all the other bollocks what goes with it. Yeah. I don't know if you actually saw this, but um, 
the the Arsenal kind of the 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 use that that are trying to be Palace esque um, at Arsenal. They actually boycotted the first thirty minutes of a of their game last night, saying you know the way the police treat us is unacceptable. We went to collect our tickets, we had to provide photo ID to collect our tickets, and then the police insisted on taking a photo of us like when we collected our tickets, almost like a police mugshot. And they're like, we've you know there's been videos circulating on. Um, the internet this weekend, there's been videos of West Midlands police striking Birmingham fans, hitting Birmingham fans at their away game at Coventry. So, you know, in a way, you know, but I don't necessarily blame them. I, 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 I think photo ID will be coming in. And uh, the slippery slope of that, I mean, after Wembley, and again, you know, I've spoken to it before, when, when I was found on the board, after Wembley, Ooh, excuse me. That's you. After Wembley, part of the conditions what the FA wanted to enforce on us was um, photo ID, and it 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 didn't it didn't get done. And then obviously with um, with Everton again, they you know they were trying to tout that you know they made the club spend you know, quarter of a million pound on upgrading their CCTV um, and all that sort of shit. And it's just absolute fucking madness that they just penalise football fans just for the, just for the sake of it. And the problem I have with providing photo ID is if you do something in the ground or you do something what entails you being, you know, you, you come into the attention of the stewards or whatever. All clubs within London have an agreement with the police for information sharing. And you're pretty much doing the police's job. So the police don't have to investigate and find where you are. They have a footage of you misbehaving away from the stadium and all of a sudden attached to your season ticket or attached to your, your data, because, you know, they share the data, share names and addresses and everything else. There's an agreement with that, that all of a sudden your photo's on there. So all of a sudden, there, there's no investigation work no more. It's just literally, we think it's him. Let's have a look. Yep, that's him. We've got him. As it, you know, and I think that's why a lot of Millwall fans have dummy accounts. It'll be interesting to see now that they're going digital, how many, you know, how much that will increase. Um, because it's just, I, I I think, you know, there's a show in it with, with the way that the police, I mean, let, let's give you an example. If, if us three now, and I'm not making any assumptions that we are, because, you know, we don't. But, for instance, we go out on the town and we get caught with half a gram of, of cocaine, okay? In a current situation, if it wasn't football-related, chances are the police would take that and say, on your way, no further action, it's not worth the paperwork, okay? If you go to football and you get caught with anything half a gram or below, you will be arrested, you will be charged, and you will be prosecuted. And they will basically push it through. Then what they do is that uh, then potentially you can get a football banning order, which means passport, surrender, everything else. The club will find out. So if you don't get a football banning order, all the clubs have a zero policy around drugs. You'll then get a lifetime ban from the club. So slowly but surely, they're banning people out of going football. There is no other sporting event in the country that you drink within view of the pitch. You go to rugby, you can do it. You drink within view of the pitch of, of, of watching it at Millwall. You're banned and potentially it's a criminal record. You enter the field of play. Technically, those people who go, you know, on Monday and technically enter the field of play, potentially they are, are liable all to potentially get criminal record. And the FA, the AFL, everyone are going zero tolerance on it all because obviously there's been some attacks on the pitch and they're going zero tolerance on it all. I don't know how you're going to go zero tolerance on last day celebration, especially when you had chairman and whatnot on uh, at Wrexham. 
but they're looking, you know, okay, I don't think they're covered by the same rules, but, you know, to me, paper to run on the pitch is down to individuals. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. The kids, yes, you know, that's up to you. But for the risk of, of you know, giving these people a criminal record for, for celebrating an end of season, which is potentially going to be a wonderful mark if we win, I think it's madness. I, I really do think it's madness. Different rules for being drunk. How many times have you gone to rugby and seen people absolutely wankered? If you do that at football, the police have all the grounds in the world to nick you. The rules at football are smell of alcohol, unsteady on your feet, which basically could mean your mates tipped a pint of lager down you and you smell a beer and unfortunately you trip over your feet. If you do that in front of old Bill, potentially they could nick you. Within the rule, you know, within the letter of the law, they could nick you and charge you for being drunk at a football stadium, which is bollocks. Sorry, but it's bollocks. It's absolute fucking bollocks. They, you know, uh, it's, you know, and you're not going to stop it because the Home Office pays the police and the police relay on that on that fee for, you know, budgets and everything else, what they agreed to before the season, targeted how many people they're going to fucking try and get. And, and as soon as you're paying, you know, the police to nick football fans, it's never going to stop. I'm not saying that we are going out there to get nicked, but you understand what I mean. I mean, it's a pet hate of mine. I fucking hate it. No one, no one in, in authority positions what can actually stand up for football fans do. People like the FSA and 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 the like, they could quite happily cause a lot more noise than what they do. Uh, but unfortunately, they don't because their paymasters are the FA, the EFL, and et cetera, et cetera. So they can only do so much. Um, but yeah, go on, Ben. Oh, press the wrong button. I was gonna say, if the unthinkable does happen and we get there, they're gonna have some uh, fun and games, aren't they? Trying to arrange yep. some uh, fixtures on a Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. But, um, no, no, we could probably do a whole show on policing and football fans, right? I've, but... I've done shows before, mate, and I'm and I'm exactly. keen. I'm speaking, I'm speaking to a couple of football lawyers and I'm talking to, um, a guy who used to be Chief Inspector of um, West Yorkshire Police and whatnot, because they have a completely different attitude to how football fans should be treated. You know, if you, you, you police by consent and treat people as grown-ups, then you don't necessarily get crowd trouble. Um, and, you know, it shows when we when we come off our band of, um, of leads, you know, we didn't cause the trouble. It was the Leeds fans wanting to cause the trouble and, and letting us roam free was great. There's no, no issues. But you wait. We get looting in the playoff. It'll be a fucking R four in the morning kickoff, and you know we'll be shipped in. Um, yeah, that place will become locked down more than any any fucking prison in this country. Just just on that, if we do play Luton, I was chatting to my dad today, and just on the games themselves, actually in the playoffs, I would much rather play Luton in the semi final. So, might. <laughs> I know it's probably not, but if obviously Coventry drop points, we end up finishing fifth. I don't think that will help us. I want to avoid Borough at all costs over two legs. Luton, I'm more confident about beating over two legs than I am Middlesbrough. Okay. I think I'd agree with you on that, Ben. I, I, I do think, you know... I think when we play Borough at home earlier, this if, if we're looking at our fixtures against them this season as a representation I think against Luton um, at home you know it was a bit of a nothing game you know but they'd, they'd have to come out probably a bit more in the playoffs um, you know and we did have, we did create a couple of chances probably not as you know probably should have scored one of either Burke or Vogel Sammer's chance um, in that home game against Luton whereas Borough we was playing them at the time where they'd just been off Chris Wilder um, they hadn't got Michael Carrick in so I think they were at the start of the season and you can kind of see it now they're in a false position so I think they would probably although they are on a bit of ropey form at the minute I think they probably would be the team I'd probably want to avoid the most so what you'd rather Middlesbrough in the in the pre in the in like the semi and then Luton in the final no no, no I'd rather I'd Luton over the two legs yeah. oh okay so you'd rather yeah. Middlesbrough at Wembley and Luton home and away yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it, listen, if you're watching this, listening to this on a pod, let us know, get in touch. Um, tell us who you would rather uh, have first leg. Would it be uh, Luton or would you rather Middlesbrough like the lads? And um, uh, I mean, yeah, Luton like the lads and then Middlesbrough at Wembley. Um, what 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 would you like? And also, I suppose, um, how much would you spend on a ticket um, for the final? In fact, how much are you going to spend and try and get a ticket for Blackburn if you haven't got one already? Because um, there definitely does seem to be quite a bit of activity uh, looking for tickets um for that game so uh yeah it's uh it's an interesting time ahead so anyway gents before we end uh dan i come to you first any last words fella it's been quite a chilled show tonight to be fair it has yeah it's but, been mellow, you know, isn't it? we're we're one game away from you know bit being in the the history bracket of this football club for supporters of my age this who can't i was two years old when we was uh, at Wembley in 2000, uh, not Wembley, sorry, in the FA Cup semi final in 2004. So I don't, I don't remember that. I wasn't there. I was two years old. So, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but you know, come on, get behind them. This is a chance for history to be made, and you know, we could. You, you know, we could all be sitting here telling our kids, grandkids, whatever, about the Millwall team that made history. And as well, one more point as well. I, uh, what Mickey said about going on the pitch. And, you know, people are going to go on. But if if you're listening and if we do get in there, I know it's going to be a very happy occasion, but the pitch is going to be knackered already. Last thing we need is everyone trouncing on it when we're going to have to play at least one more game on it, possibly. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Didn't think of that. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, just go on, take your pictures, get off. And then obviously the players can come out as well then. So, um, yeah, do, do their walk around. So, yeah, just stick to... If you can stick to the, the edges... That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Ben, what are you going to say, fella? Yeah, I think you know, we can't already touched upon it. I, I just hope we put in a performance on Monday, um, take it out of all other possibilities, go and win the game, perform like we did on Friday um, and just make sure we're in there and then we'll take our chance. To be fair, I don't care who we play in the playoffs, let's just get there, give it our best shot see how we get on. But yeah, in terms of Monday, let's make it a proper Millwall crowd, boisterous, hard for them, intimidating, just do what we need to do to back the boys. Um, yeah, and hopefully it's good enough. No, that's it. That's it. Go on, Dan. Uh, one more thing as well. I don't know whether he listens or not, but Millwall spares on Twitter. Um, I hope your phone doesn't blow up in the next few days. And thank you. You've done an outstanding job at getting everyone tickets for majority of the season. So yeah, sorted me out a couple of times. Thank you very much. Obviously, we can't condone meal spares. Uh, and what I would suggest is if you are going on meal spares, this is inside. This is a bit of when I was found on the board and, and, and whatnot. Just don't use your real Twitter account, what has your real name associated to it, because technically you're not meant to be letting other people use your tickets. So, um, you know, just, just, just. Set yourself up a dummy account. That 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 would be my advice to you. Set yourself up a dummy account, um, and uh, and play it that way. Uh, obviously, that's not my you know personal recommendation. It's uh, it's what I would do. Let's just put it that way. Um, that's it. That's it from us. If you are listening uh, as a podcast, thank you very much. Make sure you do follow us on your chosen platform. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, hello. Thanks for watching. You've got to the end. And uh, please make sure that you press that subscribe button, which is down there. And, uh, and make sure you tick that bell, because then when we do live shows or we do, you know, post other episodes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you won't miss out. Uh, and give us a follow across socials. Uh, we've had a blinding season this season. And, uh, yeah, it's not over yet. And... Monday is the day. All I'd ask from Millwall players, and I know that some listen to us, is just go out there and play like you want it. And you play like you want it, 
the fans will make sure that they back you 100%. You show commitment, they show commitment, and together we can make that place an unbelievable atmosphere and we can make it an unbelievable day. Go on in, Dan. Fucking hell, you're getting as bad as me, mate. One Sorry, more point, mate. one more point, no. one more point. This one's actually a non-Millwall-related point. Bromley have won their playoff eliminator tonight, so for those uh, South London, Kent-based Wall, you never know, might get two Wembley trips this season. Yeah, and there's loads of ex-Millwall players playing there as well, isn't there? So, yeah. yeah. I wonder if it'll be cheaper. But, hey-ho, two two trips to Wembley. Um you know, maybe we just all go to two games. It'll be it'll be a laugh, wouldn't it? We'll, we'll take uh, one. We'll take one. We'll take one, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's it from us. We will be back uh, later in the week. And if you do want to get in touch with us, it's info at that uk or send us a DM, and we do read all your comments on uh, on YouTube. So yeah, please keep putting the comments in uh, i'm going to mention the word banana and if you've watched it toward the end then please if you do write a comment after watching the whole video make sure banana's in there just so we know you're watching the whole lot uh that would be great um so yeah right it's a laid back show tonight uh i think we've been quite mellow and uh i think to be fair the reality of the excitement of blackpool is starting to wear and the excitement of Monday is starting to build. And for some of us, obviously, they're going to be at the end of season dinner. And uh, and hopefully the players will give us a rallying call there and we can see exactly how they're feeling. So uh, no doubt we do a show over the weekend telling you what's gone on now. And uh, yeah, mate, do you believe... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.